This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Welcome, everyone that's just tuned into Radio K Pulpit. It's Alana Willy for you, and it's so nice to be with you guys again this afternoon. And yeah, can you believe it? We are midway already into January. So the topic I want to chat to you guys about, and I think this is a very important topic. And the question I want to ask you is, why do you do the things you do? What drives you? You know, what is your motivation? Um, Is what you're doing, has it become an idol? And I want you to really just think about it. As I um, chat a little bit about it, I want you to be honest with yourself because this is a a new year and there's new things that you want to do. And maybe there are certain things you want to let go of this year, but you need to know why. What is the motives? What is your, your goals and why do you want them? So let's jump straight into it. You know, many people have idols in their lives and I want to chat about idols because sometimes we are not aware of the things that we are doing. And sometimes we put a priority on something that, um, you know, shouldn't be our main focus. And it's not just the priority, but it's the driving force behind what we do. So, you know, many of us have idols in our lives without being aware of it. And so what is your idol? Your idol may not be so easily identifiable. It may be something very subtle. It could even be the state of mind. It could be your thoughts. What are you constantly thinking about? What is your focus? Even the things that you spend a lot of time doing, you know, that consumes you without you even knowing that. And you know what? It's usually something that we place our identities in. So if you think about um an idol or whatever, and I'm going to go a little bit into depth about it. You know, it's some place where our identities are rooted in instead of God. It's that thing that is distracting you from from focusing on God. So the one thing that the enemy wants to do is to steal our identity in Christ and our God-given purpose. Because when you know your um, identity, it's so easy to fall into your purpose. And, you know, when God reveals to you your gifts, it's easy to operate in them, you know. But the enemy wants to keep us from our identities. And he wants to distract us and keep us busy with worldly things that can give us a false sense of identity. So I'm going to give a few examples and you can maybe some of you might relate it, some of you might not, but let's look at that. You know, some people can be obsessed by being fit and eating healthy. Everything they talk about, everything they do, it's about, you know, being fit and it's about eating the right foods that it can, you know, it can become so out of balance and it can become an obsession. So what is the motivation? or fear behind the activities that you're doing. You know, sometimes we are so out of balance with certain things and we need to ask ourselves, what are those things and what is driving us? 
you know, we could be relying on other people. Another example is relying on other people for our emotional needs or happiness. And sometimes when you um, might be in a relationship where your emotions are dependent on someone else's emotions, and if you don't get validated, it affects you. And, you know, when these things are not maintained, you know, in that relationship or with a person, we tend to fall apart and become an emotional wreck. And this is when our dependency is on something or someone other than God. Think about that. Another thing is, and I know as a mom, you know, our children can also become an idol in our lives. There's nothing wrong with being a good parent. But when our lives are consumed and rooted in our children and their activities, they can become the idols in our lives. You know, there's so many parents, and I've witnessed this, where parents want to live their own unfulfilled dreams through their children, and they put a lot of expectation on their children to perform or to succeed, because without knowing it, their own identities and self-worth is dependent on their children's success. And I'm sure if you think about it, you might be able to think about a couple of parents, especially when their children do well at sport or whatever. But if there's not a balance, um, you know, when it becomes so, um, you know, where they push their kids, then, you know, then it becomes out of balance. And then you need to ask yourself or they need to ask themselves, why am I doing this? You know, many men or women may place their identities in their work. You know, to work is not a sin, but again, the motivation for working hard or even spending long hours working can become an idol. You see, some people's identities are rooted in their success or being rich. Or maybe not even that, maybe just trying to get the approval of others of others saying, you know what, maybe um, you might have felt like a failure before and now you want to prove to everyone, you know, I can succeed, I can be successful. So once again, think about it. What is your motive? So many rich people can put their confidence in their money, which is a false security. And the word of God actually says in Deuteronomy 8.18, But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. And and so confirms his covenant with his water, your ancestries as today. So let me just go back. I just want to read that again. Deuteronomy 8.18 says, But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. So God gives us the, the, the ability to produce wealth and we can't place our trust in our wealth or success. We should put it in God. He's our ultimate provider and our source. You see, riches cannot buy health or a ticket to heaven and you cannot pay God to live longer. And I just want to read Proverbs 11 verse 4 that says, Riches do not profit in the day of wrath. But righteousness delivers from death. You see, many rich people place their identities in their wealth. But what happens when that riches are taken away? Who are they then? 
the identity should be in the creator and not the creation. And in Colossians 3.2 says, set your mind on things above and not on earthly things. You see, our achievements could be our idols. You know, when we become good at something or achieve something, our identities become associated with that success. It defines who we are. And sometimes we have to work hard to maintain that success to keep getting the recognition, which becomes our driving force. Does anyone relate to that? Because to me, this is very, very practical. You know, we we do things, but we don't always know why. What is the what is the reason? You know, some of us thrive on compliments and recognition, and that feeling becomes an addiction. We'll do anything to satisfy that desire to be acknowledged, and we can become enslaved to pleasing others and finding our identities in what others think of us instead of God. You see the above, the, the, the things that I've just mentioned, they're all just practical things where without even knowing about it, we can become enslaved to the things of this world. But think about it while we take a short music break and we'll be back in a few minutes. Welcome back. If you've just tuned into Radio K Pulpit, you're with Alana Willie for you. And this program is called Body Matters. And today my question is to you, why do you do the things you do? And um, I've just given you a couple of examples of how we can get caught up in doing things. But what is the motivation behind it? And what can become an idol in our lives? So Idolatry or idol is a form of self-righteousness and it's rooted in a lie. So in other words, a lie that causes us to base our success and achievements in our own abilities or find satisfaction in what the world has to offer instead of God. You see, this behavior, you know, it can never truly bring us satisfaction And it keeps us enslaved in doing what we're doing because somewhere we are getting a reward and we need to understand, is that reward godly or is it not? So I want to read Jeremiah 17 um, verses 5 to 6, which says, Cursed is the man who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh and whose heart turns from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wasteland. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the posh places of the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. So the key here is, cursed is the man who puts his trust in man. How many of us put our trust in man, our recognition in man? What others think about us? You know, what others say about us? But the true um, reliance source is what does God think about us? You see, when we operate in our own strength, we are in danger of falling into pride. And I want to touch on pride because pride is when we become so independent from God. Pride is an attitude of independency from God. And in James 4, 6, it says, but he gives a greater grace Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So how does pride fit into all of this? You know, when we are not putting our trust in God, 
We are putting it in God's creation. We're putting it in our own strength and our own ability. And that's what pride is. It's being independent from God. We think that in our own strength, we are able to do it. But another scripture in Proverbs 16, 18 says, Pride comes before destruction and a haunty spirit before a fall. You know, sometimes even when we're doing things, we know when we are doing it is what we are doing is wrong. And we often try to justify our sins instead of turning away from them. And in 1 John 2, 16, it says, For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. I want to read that last part again. And it says, pride in our achievements and possessions, in our wealth. I'm going to read that again. 1 John 2, 16 says, for the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything that we see, pride in our achievements and possessions. So in the world today, there are many, I mean, there's many obvious sin. You know, we see people um, murder, we see people doing things, and, and it's obvious to the eye. We can see it, we can witness it. But sometimes we are not always aware of the subtle sin that creeps into our hearts. Okay, so we must not be deceived. Even we sometimes think what we are doing is right. Um, You know, we think it's right, but it's not always godly. And so always consider the motivation of your actions. And you will be able to discern if it's from God or not. So think about what you're doing. Why do you do, you know, why do you dress up nicely when you go to the office in the morning? You know, why do you work so hard, um, you know, to achieve whatever you're achieving? You know, is it recognition? Is it because you want the world to see I'm successful? So we need to be honest with ourselves. So the one thing the world can see is our outer. But remember, God doesn't look at what you do. He wants to know why you are doing it. And that is why the question to me is, why do you do the things you do? Always consider the motivation of your action or actions, and you will be able to discern, if you're honest with yourself, am what I'm doing, am what I am doing, is it from God or is it not? And in Matthew six twelve, it says, your treasure lies where your heart is. So I want to touch a little bit again on, besides all the things that you're doing, there's a motive behind everything. And so we're going to look at the motives of your heart. We're going to touch on this topic a little bit. In Proverbs 16 verse 2, it says, A person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. You see, every action or decision we make is backed up by a motive. Our acts may be good or even seem godly to others, yet we will not be judged by our deeds, but by our motives for doing the deeds. Man sees our outer works, but God sees our inner motives. Man will judge us according to our actions, but God will judge us according to our hearts. 
And in Jeremiah 17 verse 10, it says, I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. You see, God is interested in pure motives. And in Matthew 5 verse 8, it says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Sure, how many of us can say, honestly say, we've got pure intentions all the time? It's difficult. Even as a Christian, we struggle at times to have pure intentions. You know, it's so easy to hide the sin within our hearts. You know, no man can really see the motives of another man. Sin first starts in the mind and then it manifests in the heart. You know that saying that says, guard your heart with all diligence, because out of it comes the issues of life, the things of life. In 1 Samuel 16, 7, it says, the Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So I just want to bring this message across because I know some of you are doing things or pursuing things that it may seem right, but you need to really give your motives to the Lord. And another example, just to give you an example of the motives of the heart and how God looks at it. If we look at Matthew five twenty eight, it says, But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Now just think about it. This person has not even physically committed adultery. But the sin has already manifested in that person's heart. And that is what God looks at. And that's scary because sometimes we can hide those inner thoughts and those inner motives. But we can't hide them. We can hide them from the world, but we cannot hide them from God. You see, God is all-knowing. He knows every thought we think. He knows the reasons we do the things we do. So what you do is not important to God as to why you are doing it. And this is why God had to fulfill the law. In Matthew seven twenty-one to 23, it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of the Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform miracles? And then I will tell you plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, your evildoers. Now, this is such a typical example, even as Christians. You know, we do things. We, we maybe serve in the church. We might even be, um, you know, working out on the streets or doing the work of God, you know, but did God ask you to do it? Is there, you know, are we doing it for the right, right reasons? And we really sometimes need to look inwardly. You know, we need to look inwardly and say, you know, am I, am I doing this for my own gain? Am I doing it because I want others' recognitions? Or, or is this actually what, what God has asked me to do? And, you know, the things that I'm talking about now is so subtle. You know, even we can 
catch ourselves doing things for a long time and then afterwards think, oh, you know, God never actually asked me to do that. And my motives is not, you know, pure. And that is something that we need to look at. You see, some people can operate in their giftings. God has given us all giftings and we can do extremely well in our giftings. But if we don't have a relationship with God, if we're not doing it because it's backed up by love or the right motives, then are we really doing it for him? And in Matthew 15, 8, it says, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. You know, as I said earlier on, sometimes what you think is right is not always godly. Sometimes we can be so busy with the things of God, but not busy with God. And it's so easy to fall into deception. And I want to say the enemy is subtle, but we need to be aware of the conditions of our hearts. You see, our actions will be based on the conditions of our hearts. A good man brings good things out of of the good stored in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full. Okay, so this is just saying, you know, there are times when we act and we say things because that is actually the condition of our hearts. You know, sometimes we struggle with jealousy, we struggle with lust, we struggle with bitterness, we struggle with a lot of sin. And, um, but it all took root in our hearts before we act upon it. It's, it's in our hearts. You know, it determines our minds, determine our behaviors. And sometimes many of us have certain ways in which we live life. We do things a certain way um, or we get irritated quickly, but we don't know the root of it. Um, you know, because it's so subtle. And in Psalm nineteen twelve, it says, and this is David who's speaking in the psalm. He says, but who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. You see, King David knew that there are times that we sin without knowing. Yet God called, but yet he called on God to forgive him for his unknown sin. David also cried out to the Lord and he said, Create in me a pure heart, O Lord, and a renewed and steadfast spirit. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. You see, David understood that God was interested in his heart. And he said, Create in me a pure heart, O God. Call out to God. Creating me, you know that even in our own human ability, we cannot overcome sin. Only God can. You know, sometimes when we sin, like Adam and Eve, we, we tend to run from God, but we should run towards Him and say, "Lord, I am struggling with this. Help me to overcome." You see, we need to become aware of why we do certain things. And honestly evaluate our motives for doing what we do. We need to question ourselves. We need to become real with ourselves. Is it to impress others? Is it for recognition what we're doing? Is our identities rooted in what we do? Is it for selfish gain? There's so many things we need to ask ourselves. 
And in Colossians 3, 34, oh, sorry, Colossians 3, 23 to 24, it says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Everything that we need to do is to serve God as Christians. And remember that God is interested in the heart. And Jeremiah 79 says, and this is a very true scripture, the heart is the most deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? You know, anything that is not motivated that you do, that is not motivated by a pure heart or love, is not from God. So the question I want to ask you is, what does the condition of your heart look? You see, God is a jealous God. He wants us to acknowledge him as our creator and savior. Many people worship the things that God creates instead of worshiping him. And in Romans one twenty five, it says, who worshiped and served the creation rather than the one having created. Think about it. Are we serving man? Are we trying to please the people in this world? And to be honest with yourself, you know, sometimes we try and please people. We try and put our best foot forward. And you really need to honestly ask yourself, do they really care? (laughs) Do they really care? And um, I know this is for someone out there, you know, you hoping to to get that recognition or whatever, and you're working hard and you're really stressed out, you're trying to juggle so many things, trying to keep all the balls up in the air and your own health, your own detriment, because you want to prove something to someone or maybe you want to be accepted by someone You know, maybe whatever the motives are, is it worth it? Instead of just putting your trust in God and say, God, I put my identity in you, no one else. It's between you and God. God loves you for who you are, not for what you do. And you know what? No one is going to give you that recognition. You know, it's, it is nice to get a compliment. It is nice to feel wanted. It is nice to be successful. And that's nothing wrong with that. But when we become overly um, wanting that, when it becomes an obsession, then you and I know that that's not healthy. And that is not God's heart. But the Lord says in Proverbs 3, 6 verse 8, In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Think about that. So let's take a short music break, and then we're nearly at the end of the program. Welcome back. If you've just tuned in, you're with Alana Willifier and the program is called Body Matters. And today I've been chatting about why do we do what we do, you know, and what is the idols in our lives? What is the motivation of our hearts? 
for doing it? Is it God's will? Are we doing it for the right reasons? And we need to really be honest with ourselves. So I just want to touch on identities because our identities should be rooted only in Christ. You see, our identities is rooted in the fact that we are the sons and daughters of the living God. We were never meant to base our identity on worldly achievements or in the things that we do. We are children of the truth and know that we are not capable of achieving anything in our own strength and abilities. In 2 Corinthians 12, 5, it says, I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself except about my weaknesses. You know, the Lord says, in my we- in your weakness, I am your strength. Often the Lord, you know, when we become obsessed with things, you know, they might, the, the Lord might even remove those things from our lives. Um, those things that we place our identities in, uh, you know, in order to redirect us towards him. You see, God works all things out for good. You know, sometimes we're obsessed with things. He takes it away from us. And then we find ourselves lost and we think, but who am I now? You know, who am I? Because your identity was in something. But you know that God is the only secure thing in this world. He never changes. He's the rock. What matters is what matters to God. And that's how we should live. Not live our lives for anybody or anything but for God. And he says, commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. Isn't that awesome? You see, God wants us to live balanced lives. Anything in extreme is not good for us. It's not that the Lord doesn't want us to be successful or um, achieve things or be good at what we do. In fact, it's quite the opposite. He wants us to do it, but for the right reasons, because then it is blessed. You know, when we work with God, we cannot take credit for anything um, that we do. But instead, we can give him the honor and glory. You know, everything we do apart from God is meaningless. And in John fifteen five, it says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. And I just want to end off with that. You know, we can never truly be satisfied without God. If we are going to operate and according to the ways of the world, we're going to become enslaved to it. Because of our motives, our wrong motives. But you know what? When we do something for God, we are satisfied. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks. And you know what? God is a rewarder. He's a rewarder of those who who seek him diligently. God will reward you. He will open doors for you that no man can close. When you put God before everything, he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Put God first and everything else in your life will fall into place because that is what God promises us in his word. Apart from me, you cannot do anything. 
and that is um, in John 15 verse 5. So I just want to end off for end of just praying for you. So Father, I just come and commit all these listeners to you today. You know where they're at, Father. Maybe they've fallen into some form of sin. Maybe their motives for doing things aren't right. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit will convict them. Even those who are not sure whether they're doing the right thing or not, Father, convict their spirits, guide them, redirect them back to you, Father. Create in them a pure heart, O Lord, and a steadfast and renewed spirit. Forgive them where they have gone off the path, Father, where they become, where they come to a point where they were pleasing themselves and not you, Lord. So, Holy Spirit, I pray that you will touch every single listener. Give them wisdom to discern. Help them to look inwardly, to search their hearts, to repent of any wrongdoing, and to come to you, Father, with whatever they need, whatever um, they are looking for or yearning for, Father. This world cannot offer us anything, Father, besides you. You are the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. You are our Jehovah Jireh, our provider, Lord. So, Father, thank you. Bless every single person today. Open up their eyes, their ears to hear you, to see you. Convict their hearts of wrongdoing. You said you work all things out for the good of those who love you. Work things out for their good, Father. May they put their trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. I really pray that this message has really um, touched you, that you might even as I was speaking, maybe you identify things in your own life, things that you're busy with that, you know, maybe my motives are not right, but that the Holy Spirit will work with you and guide you in all of that. So I just want to thank you once again for listening to my program. And yeah, this is the end. I can't believe it's gone so quickly. But um, we'll meet again next Saturday at the same time. From me, Alana Olifi, have a beautiful, blessed week. Goodbye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.